0: Hello, and thanks for listening to Behind the Brand, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of some of Australia's most exciting small business success stories. I'm your host Jen La, a serial entrepreneur who loves talking all things small business. Each week, I'll sit down with an incredible founder and ask them to share it
1: all—the
0: good, the bad, and the ugly. On my mission to find out exactly what it takes to run a successful small business. From startups to scale ups and international success stories, you'll hear it all right here on Behind the Brand. If you love what you're hearing and want more, find me on Instagram and TikTok at behindthebrand.podcast. Of course, sharing the good vibes is always appreciated. Share this episode on your stories or leave a podcast review. A little bit of love goes a long, long way. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy while I take you behind the brand. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. I am so excited to be back in your ears for another week, and as always, so grateful to have you listening. I had such a blast recording today's episode with my guest, who really is a walking ray of sunshine. We were laughing from the minute we started recording. She has built not just a brand, but also a community of customers who she connects with every day through just genuinely being her real, down-to-earth self, and being an advocate for for the self-love and body acceptance movement of which I am a huge supporter. And if today's episode doesn't make you want to throw on your favorite pair of bikinis and head down to the beach, then I don't know what will. So let's welcome today's incredible guest, Karina Irby, founder of Moana Bikini. Karina, thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. This is awesome. My goodness, the
1: feelings are mutual. My nipples are so hard to be on here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has already set the tone
0: and we've already been chatting a little bit beforehand. Your, I think before I even ask you for your elevator pitch, I think just that intro there and the what two minutes I've been chatting to you before, your personal brand is so down to earth, approachable, warm and friendly. So I think what's going to be really great about this chat is we're talking about your brand but we're also going to talk a bit about you as a brand and your marketing and PR and everything like that because I think the two work so hand in hand but before I start grilling you with friendly questions give Ooh. me your elevator pitch
1: do we get elevator music though
0: yep okay ready yes uh, oh what does it sound like
1: good level three okay let me cook Great. This. okay <laughs> this is you <laughs> No but Moana is was born and bred basically to make women feel comfortable in a bikini and it all started with myself wanting to feel comfortable and confident so that's where the brand gave birth we um, just started making a swimwear as diverse as we possibly the mission was to get as many girls in swimwear as we could get everybody talking interacting and socializing with each other which is something that is probably the biggest part of our brand more so than the swimwear itself and that's pretty much all we want to do is we just want to inspire women to feel happy, confident within their own bodies. And it's even a phrase I don't even like saying anymore because I feel like it's so overused, but that is our mission. We've been doing it for 10 years now. Couldn't be prouder.
0: And we're going to go into that in a few questions time, but like you just said, it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. So 2011 launch, oh, it's almost coming up to 11 years, I guess we're in the new year now. Tell me about Karina in 2010. What was she oh. doing?
1: She was such a cute little girl. Yeah. She really was. You know, her eyes were closed. She was just starting to open her little eyes to look around at the big wide world ahead of her. Young and naive. Yeah, pretty much. Me back then, I was um, a surf instructor. I was also working part-time to full-time at a surf shop. I was so surf it hurts, lived in a bikini. My personality back then, I was still, am loud, out there self, but within my circle of friends, definitely not a public figure, didn't... Mm-hmm didn't even think about that. Instagram wasn't even alive back then. So it was just very much a, a different world, but I kept to myself. I'm an only child. I love my private time. I always wanted to be bigger and better than just what I was at the time. And I always had big goals for myself. I just never really knew, knew what that looked like, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're working at a surf shop. Was part of that inspiration for launching your brand or like why a bikini
1: brand? Why Bikini brand is because I grew up as a surfer girl. So my dad developed me into this little surfer girl. I watched Blue Crush every evening. That that was just my jam. I wanted to be her so bad. I was (laughs) going to
0: say, say, which one did you want to be? I wanted to be Kate, of course. Because I always thought like Michelle Rodriguez was such a badass.
1: Oh, I know. She really was. And she's just amazing. I just wanted to be any of them. I even went out and got a bright yellow surfboard. Like I was hardcore fan. Okay,
0: you were. Yeah.
1: So I lived in a swimsuit pretty much my entire, you know, life growing up on the coast. And along with that, I also struggle with eczema. I was born with eczema. It's something that was a lot worse when I was a teenager. I've slowly grown out of it. However, it has developed into new and exciting skin conditions, which is always a fun treat. Mm -hmm. But um, mixing bikinis, um, I guess, adolescence and eczema was a a funny odd tasting cocktail that i guess put bikinis on the spotlight for me because all i ever wanted was to feel good in one and i never did that's i guess where the bikini thing started even i have such stark memories
0: of going to the local shopping center if anyone in melbourne that was greensy plaza Going there with my friends, trying on bikinis. My first bra was a size B when I was in grade five. I currently wear a G-cup bra. So trying to get these bad boys into a bikini at 14 years old, that was a nightmare. It was very much, I was so jealous of all my friends and their Roxy and being able to wear bikinis. And there wasn't really a whole lot that catered for being fashionable, but also being size inclusive. And I really hated going there. I'm like getting sweaty thinking about it sizing is really inclusive and you said before it's part of your mission, it's part of your core values. Some brands make larger sizes but they don't really promote it whereas mm. you're not hiding your sizing. It's not, you don't just happen to see it in a drop down. And when I think about that, I think about clothes shopping recently for I didn't know this brand made a 16 and I had to go specifically and ask. like, oh, yeah, of course we make it. I'm like, well, why don't you tell people and why mm. don't you show people? But this is core to your DNA as a brand. Why is that so important? And did you do that from day one, being super inclusive?
1: The goal was to always be inclusive. However, when starting up a new business, I didn't have any money. So my dad actually lent me uh, $800 to start. I also had no business experience whatsoever. All I knew is I wanted girls to feel confident and comfortable. I wanted everybody to wear a bikini. I didn't even care if it was Moana. I just wanted them to feel good because I felt so crappy about myself for so long Mm -hmm. and I wanted to share this love with other people. So in the beginning, we actually only were able to start with small, medium and large Mm -hmm. until we built up enough funds Mm -hmm. to actually jump into extra large and then double to triple extra large so it's just been like a progression thing but we've been catering our larger sizes now for a good six years or maybe even longer actually now maybe eight to seven years which has been really good that's pretty much
0: the life of the brand yeah
1: yeah Absolutely. It was just, we did get schooled in the past because we were trying to be so inclusive, but we weren't having like as many sizes available. So that was quite a hard period of business Mm -hmm. because our hearts were in the right place, but we just needed to get to that next level in order Mm -hmm. to make it happen. But it's so important to be showing off every size, every skin color, every, everything as much as you possibly can, as much as the customer will allow you to share of their own self. I know it's quite easy now you can jump online and you can book a bunch of, you know, diverse models which is great that's also a new thing which I'm very happy about I find it very inspiring but with Milana, we want to get our actual customers in the swimwear and we want to be reposting the customers so then again it's an even more relatable step yep. into seeing your own body type in a bikini. I love that and honestly looking
0: at your page it makes me feel seen I can look at a lot of different brands and not feel seen. So thank you. And I'm sure like everyone, there's a reason you guys are so successful. It's because you've done that. Did you find that when when you did start increasing your sizes and really promoting it visually through all of your marketing, did you see sales increase and things really start to ramp up then?
1: Um yeah, yeah, definitely. It's It was nothing overly significant where I remember a milestone, mm-hmm. but I naturally, like we were growing our audience, we were growing our size range and growing our, what we call our Moana Army customer base as well, which is a private Facebook group where our most loyal customers hang out, which is a really awesome space.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you touched before on... Borrowing some money from the bank of Dad, I absolutely did that as well, and it was far more than eight hundred dollars. Um, so, starting a product based business, you need to manufacture product to start with. You, you obviously have to. So, yes. how did you start out with manufacturing, and and especially for eight hundred dollars, that's not a lot of money. Back, I would think about ten years ago, I would have thought that was heaps to start a business. Looking at it now, I'm sure you're like, how the hell did I manage that? Talk me through. <laughs> starting like actually starting the process of manufacturing
1: yeah we actually didn't start personally manufacturing um in the beginning so like I touched on earlier I was not a business girl had no idea what I was doing even to this day still learning but so when I first started Moana I actually got let go of my job at the surf store which really upset me and broke my heart because they were like a family to me Mm -hmm. and um, that kind of lit a fire under my bum and I was like you know what like I'm done. I want to make people feel good. I want to start up this brand. And my dad's so naive. You can do it little buddy. You can do whatever you want. You start that bikini brand. Here's 800 bucks. I'd recently been to Hawaii and I'd been, you know, shopping all these little cute bikinis. I was always so obsessed with them. And I found a brand over there that wanted to do a wholesale over here in Australia. So I actually started wholesaling. So that $800 I was buying their product and selling it over here in Australia as like a wholesale bikini store because at the time, 10 years ago, cheeky-cut bikinis were so hard to get Mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. in Australia and they were like almost frowned upon
0: Yeah, at the time. I remember remember your early days Instagram.
1: Yeah, it was a different kettle of fish back then and the bullying was even to a different level back then because it was, oh, you're wearing a little bikini, like how naughty of you kind Mm, of thing. Oh, my God, um, that's a bum, yeah yeah but yeah when we were doing the wholesaling with that we were doing really well and they actually asked us to be their Australian distributor and as much as I was so flattered and even to this day I'm still flattered um their sizing for me was not right so some of the time I would be getting their sizing in and I'd be like oh my god this is a large it only fits over my thigh and I was half the size that I am now as well I was nowhere near as curvy so I always that was also inspiring me Hey, I want to learn pattern making, print design business and I want to create my own brand where I believe the sizing is true to size and I'm not going to order a size medium and it's going to come to fit on my big toe. That's Mm -hmm. not a nice feeling.
0: No, that is the worst feeling.
1: So once I built up a little bit of um, uh, revenue from doing the wholesaling, we parted our ways and that's when I packed my little knapsack, (laughs) put it over my shoulder and I went to Indonesia to find a manufacturer. Oh, okay. You need to tell me about
0: this because we had last season accessories brand Naked Vice and they started all their manufacturing in Indonesia as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's that like? Because they got on the back of a motorcycle and just said, where should we go? And people took them to places. How gritty was yours?
1: Oh, it was pretty gritty. Like I can already smell my BO from walking (laughs) the streets. (laughs) So yeah, I went over there. I booked, um, I think it was 12 or 15 days at some hotel. And I was like, Yep. I already had a couple of little key ideas of where these manufacturers are hiding. I'm just going to go over there. I hung out a lot at fabric stores because at the time I didn't know how to do print design. I also Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do for fabric. So I was just shopping around different fabric stores, talking to owners, talking to locals and um, eventually getting leads on different people that um, have factories over there that might be interested. And I met with a whole bunch of them until I found somebody that genuinely clicked with uh, what I wanted to do. And, um, we just got along like a house on fire and we've been working together ever since. So we have a fantastic relationship. Oh, that's so great. You're still working with them. Yeah, I love them. They're a family-based business. They're really close. Our staff are really close with their staff. Yeah. It's just a really good time. And I still pinch myself every day that we have this amazing relationship.
0: That's really special. And I think as a product-based company, your manufacturers, your contract packers, whoever, whatever kind of product you sell, they are the most important thing. They can make or break your business without a product to sell. So that's so nice to hear you're still with them. Let's think, you've come back to Australia, you've gone to Indonesia and you have chosen your fabrics. You've got, say your first delivery arrives, delivered to you, Mm -hmm. big box of product How do you then turn in from being a wholesaler to selling your own product? What did that look like? Was that through social media? What kind of year were we at for that?
1: Yeah, that was the Facebook. Uh, all over the Facebook, is my dad like the to Facebook? Say. Yeah, the Facebook. Um, Instagram mm-hmm. still hadn't birthed yet, so we were still yeah. on there. So once I got my first um, box of product, after doing a few deep breaths into a brown paper bag, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, cool, let's do this." I got a, a local girl who um, wanted to do some modelling. I got a photographer. We went and did all these cool lifestyle shots. Put up our website. It was big cartel back then. Yes, ahead, I haven't yeah. heard of yeah, Shopify. Yep. No, uh, yeah no Shopify for us um big cartel launched it and just did a lot of giveaways on Facebook share this post and tag a friend to win a bikini and we were just creating hype strictly on um Facebook and when we dropped the first lot I'm pretty sure it was just between oh my god not many like 30 to 80 so pieces they sold out in half an hour and then I cried on my kitchen floor because I was like oh my god like we've just disappointed so many people Aww. I <laughs> thought you were going to say you were crying from happiness. I was, but because Moana was not about making money, it was yeah. about making girls happy. So when all these girls were like, oh, my God, I've waited for this for weeks or months and now it's gone, I'm so bummed, I was like, oh, I'm bummed. This was not meant to happen. I wasn't expecting this at all. Yeah. So that's how it turned into well-oiled machine. Your manufacturer was surprised when you went
0: back to them and said, hey, so you know the delivery that just arrived? I need more.
1: Yeah, they were like, oh, are you
0: sure? And I'm like, yeah, pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure I've got nothing. What a nice, because I'm sure manufacturers see a lot of small businesses come and go. So what a pleasant surprise for them to not realise what they were getting into.
1: I know, and even to this day I'm like, hey, guys, I love you all so much, but can can we hurry up on that stock? Thank you. (laughs) I think that's been a cool thing with Moana. We've always had a hard time keeping stock available because we're just – we're always growing and someone's always telling a friend and someone wants to buy their first bikini with us. So we sell out so quickly, but we're at a place now where we can also restock so quickly. So it's been a long journey.
0: Yeah. The fact you're still going 10 years later, 11 years now is incredible. That's a hard slog.
1: Thank you. It has been. It's been a fun slog though. Like I can't get over it. It's the craziest thing, but yeah, I'm so lucky. I love it. I love my job.
0: So you touched before on the Moana army. Blessed. So tell me about them. How did that start and what role do they play, I guess, in your business?
1: They're everything. They're the loves of my life. They're, so basically, we created the hashtag Moana Army years ago because we wanted a safe spot for our customers to feel represented, to be able to interact through the hashtag and just have that kind of label because they were buying their first bikini because they saw representation with our models and they wanted that. So we wanted to be try to we wanted to try to give them as much as we possibly could. So we gave them this name Moana Army and it just really took off. And we created a private Facebook group um, where anyone and everyone can join. You don't have to have a Moana bikini to even join. You just have to answer the three questions, boom you're in. So we've got over twelve thousand girls in there and not only are they talking about Moana and, and whatnot, but it's also so much more than that. Like they're talking about girly issues, fun stories. They're doing meetups on the other side of the world. They're doing everything together and it's just such a beautiful thing. And I talk to them a lot for the designing. I'm like, hey guys, what do you want to see? Do you want to see a tropical collection or more of a retro collection? So we interact with them a lot because at the end of the day, we're designing for them. We're not trying to mass produce the same, I don't know, checkered bikini and for a dollar a bikini and selling it for a hundred bucks everywhere. Like We don't want to be like that. We want to design for our customers to feel good Mm -hmm. and we want them to feel special in that limited piece. Like I said, they're everything for to the whole company.
0: Do you think they're your like on the ground brand ambassadors, word of mouth, spreaders, all of that? Absolutely. I definitely think so. That's really powerful to have such an engaged community. It's there's a really big difference between having a one-off customer and essentially having what they call like a raving fan. Do you yeah. think the reason they've transitioned from a customer into a fan, an ambassador, is because you're listening to them and, and they've got almost like a, a piece of the action? You're, you're asking for their opinions. You're considering what they're saying. You're hearing
1: them. I hope so. I've always had this idea where I want to interview a whole bunch of them because I see them so regularly, like the ones here on the Gold Coast. Like, They'll even pop into our headquarters and have a chat, pick up a bikini, bring us coffee. I I hope that's how they feel. And I'm sure they do. That and also because of my personal Instagram, I'm so open on there, And I talk to them a lot. So I feel like we have a different level of intimacy as well. Yeah. Well, this,
0: you know what, you've led me straight into my next question. It's like we planned it. You're welcome. (laughs) Do you want to host this? Uh, (laughs) You have, okay, so you're about 1.2 million followers on your personal Instagram, around about half a million on Moana. So you're reaching almost 2 million people, right, between these two accounts. We're going to talk about PR here because, you know what, you can sneeze and get on the Daily Mail, I see you across there all the time. And what I really like is you reposting the comments. Everyone knows the Daily Mail comments is just a dark, strange place full of strange people. It really is. So, how does when you get these articles, because they're often about you more so than your brand, I would say. A girl does this, but bikini owner has done this. She said this, she ate this, she whatever, she put on mm. a kilo. She thinks she may have put on a killer like stuff that's not even like it's quite ridiculous. Those articles, do you find they drive traffic towards your store and spread the brand message? Is it a bit of PR in or like a bit of I guess traffic or is it just nothing? It's just I hope
1: so. I, um I've never seen an increase in sales or followers or people to the website from these articles and um I don't know who's seeing them or reading them, especially after reading the comments, I wonder, is this Darren from his mum's basement? I'm not quite sure who this is. But What you posted <laughs> yesterday, it was
0: really good. Oh, God, I can't remember. Um, Sorry, Probably. I cut you off then, but, yeah, no, I no, someone called a Darren. I'm trying to remember this incredible quote, that the incredible comment that you wrote back to. How does it make you feel getting oh, those I- articles
1: Oh, I feel like Kim Kardashian. I'm like, yes, (laughs) walk, enjoy it. I love that. No, I I don't really feel much. I'm actually flattered that they're making just boring news out of my silly nonsense dancing or fighting on my fiancé on Instagram. Like, I just think it's hilarious. I think it's great. It's definitely not planned PR, but I guess to a sense it's PR and I'm not complaining about it. Like, it's funny.
0: I mean, there is that saying, all publicity is good publicity. And the people living in the comments, they're probably not your target market anyway.
1: No, I don't think Karen from London who said I've eaten a whole Christmas tree is definitely, yeah, that was definitely one of my favourites. Who eats a Christmas tree? You know what? She's planted that in my head. I want (laughs) to try it next year. Is there a chocolate version? We should make you like a
0: Christmas tree cake and you can say this one is literally for Karen.
1: Oh, I would love that.
0: Okay, so let's go into your actual planned marketing rather than yeah i guess incidental life pr what's worked do you think for your brand in terms of a planned marketing strategy is there something that you found oh this is really great for us and then on the flip side is there something that you thought would be good and you tried it and you're like this is really shit this like has not worked (laughs)
1: Yeah, I feel like that's just been like the last 10 (laughs) years trying to figure out business from a zero business background. (laughs) But we've been very lucky with Moana up until maybe the last two years. All of everything we did was just organic. We hadn't paid for a single ad. Um, We'd experimented with Facebook ads, but we just didn't need to. We were selling out so hard that we didn't really want to advertise. We didn't need any more customers. We couldn't keep up with the demand as is. So. Now that our manufacturer is able to keep up with our demand, it's only now that we're tapping into different strategies. So we're doing like a lot of different marketing techniques starting this year really and it's really exciting and I hope it works really well. Yeah. Is influencer marketing part of your strategy? Last year it was the first year that we actually dedicated 12 solid months to doing influencer marketing. We've never done it before mainly because – we just wanted to get our customers in the bikinis more so than the pretty girl with 500,000 followers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we went hard on it. We I talk a lot to a bunch of Body Paws influencers and and we were sending them all out bikinis, um, posting us and retagging us and, and whatnot. But nothing really happened. A few of them got discount codes. We didn't see anything from discount codes. Even from YouTube videos, we saw pretty much nothing from that. And our followers just stayed the same. So really... It was cool to have extra content for us to repost and repurpose, but there wasn't anything remarkable about the whole. That's really interesting. I think
0: I've done some back when I had a food brand back in my olden, olden days. I did some collabs early days, like peak of Instagram 2014, where I paid someone like $250 and got, oh, my God, the money I made in one night was out of control. I was like, I'm Kanye West. I'm so rich. <laughs> But then four years later, I did a collaboration with people with quite a big following and I got nothing.
1: Yeah. Absolutely nothing out of
0: it. Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting. What I quite like though is, well, would you consider yourself an
1: influencer? That's a a fun question. Yeah, I know. Um, Isn't that an awkward question? (laughs) It is because I just have so many feelings about that word. I would say yes, I am. I am definitely an influencer. I'm not the kind of close horse influencer though. When I think influencer... I think of the cute little girls sharing skinny meat teas and, and things yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the heyday sharing. of influencing. Yeah, yeah. I really do think of that. But there is definitely a whole bunch of different types of influences on the internet. And although I never set out to be one, like it's definitely turned into that given the kind of content that I'm posting around body positivity. So we'll just say, okay, sure. But I think the
0: content that you're posting, that is what makes you influence. And again, I feel like it's... A- a bit of a problematic word sometimes, but it is what makes you influential in that you're being real and honest. And I think there's such a yearning for people, for transparency and just Real, not f- totally polished, down to earth, actual content that people can relate to. No wonder your brand is going so well and your personal brand is going so well because I look at things literally. The video of you fighting on your fiance the other day, and I was like, "That is me <laughs> every night in this household." You know what oh, I absolutely. mean? It's so it's so stupid and so ridiculous that like just everyday stuff could make such could really connect with people. But that's the world we live in now. I think people are really, like I said before, yearning for the real, right?
1: Yeah. Like my kind of strategy with my personal Instagram is I want to post more content of what I would want to see from somebody on the internet. So that's why I like to be so silly. And I like to do those silly dancing videos. And I love to call out the trolls and do a little jiggle to their silly comments, because I just think it's so funny. And um, I also think it's a good representation to be like, you know what, you can get called all these names on the internet from bloody Darren, like we touched on in his mom's basement. But you can also laugh and shake it off and you can also show other people that you don't have to hold on to somebody's, you know, fake words and get upset Mm. about it because I I speak to a lot of young girls and so many of them could get called something on the internet and they take it very hard. So I'm always like, no, have fun with it. It's all good. I'm
0: so impressed with how you turn, like you said, on a public platform turns something that a lot of people would see as a negative and probably take to heart and you're leading by example and showing that it's not real it like you said it is fake yeah. words it's ridiculous so you should be so proud of that it's really inspirational that you do that have you always Thank been you.
1: have you always been the face of your brand was that always intentional no it was definitely not intentional at all when i first started moana like the first 3 years moana had more followers than me all in all, like um, my Instagram, I was posting like pictures of trees being like, yay, sunny day outside. Mm-hmm. Hashtag list. Not, yeah, pretty much all that. They're you know, using that ugly sepia, like, oh, is Valencia? That yeah, those cute mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. But Moana's Instagram just took off and it was doing so well. And my Instagram only started to take off when I started to post about my ex, expo and I would stop filtering my pictures and be like "Ugh, this is me right now and I'd always be wearing Moana but this is me basically covered in scabs and rash from mm-hmm. you know all over my legs and those pictures started to go up and and yeah then my following went up so it's I grew after Moana but in a different sense in more mm-hmm. into the body positive kind of way yeah no I love that I think a lot of brand
0: owners are really hesitant to step out from behind their brand Mm, yeah it's quite a powerful thing to do and I think it's something that people really appreciate as well
1: I hope so I have a lot of fun doing it and like I said to you I've always worn a bikini so it's nothing oddly ordinary for me I do get a little triggered sometimes when uh people I guess the gnarky kind of troll, troll people online they think that I've got this following on Instagram and then I'm like oh I'm gonna start up a bikini brand because um Mm -hmm. a lot of people these days have done it the other way around yeah they've got this audience and now they want to you know start the bikini brand and a lot of people have put me in that category of just mass producing a bikini at some sweatshop in China and trying to pump it out so Mm -hmm. that's probably the thing that upsets me the most I'm like no Moana is so much more than that we we are not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. it's People will s- see and read into things the way they want to, what they? And it, it's hard because you don't want to spend the energy trying to correct them, but you probably also really, it's important to have the right reputation for your brand.
1: Absolutely. And like myself and my, my whole team back there, like they work their bums off every day. Like our customer experience, like team is just non-stop talking to customers greeting customers prior to COVID and we just do a lot more personal work than I guess just pumping out swimwear you started off with just you tell me about who's in your team now oh we're still a cute small team I love us so much so I've got (laughs) (laughs) where are they all (laughs) no so we've got eight staff at the moment which is really cool two contractors. I've actually roped my fiancé, Ryan, in now. So he's actually Moana's operations manager. Yeah. This so is who
0: that. I was talking to organise this interview.
1: Yes, ah, yes Oh, thank you, fiancé. Love that. He's, he's good. And he was even up here doing the sound check right before I came on. That's how onto it Oh, is. okay. I love that. Thank you very much. But yeah, then we've got like our graphic design team over there and they help me do all of the, the print design work and the basic just designing everything for our customers which is awesome and we've got our customer service team as well which is doing all the packing and picking and chatting with the customers so who was your first hire that was customer service yeah That makes Yeah. You know what it's like sometimes finding the right, I think something that isn't talked about in business enough because it is awkward, but finding the right team for yourself because basically you're living with these people and the, the company can be very tricky. We're at a place, it's been ages now where we've got this amazing team, but it has taken a long time to find the right people for the roles. It's a really
0: specific dynamic working in a small business. I've worked in lots. I've worked in small businesses that people don't realise are small businesses, but I work directly with the founder and it's big international companies that started off as a small business in someone's garage. And it's a very different dynamic working directly with a founder versus a corporate structure. I think when you're working in a corporate structure, there's a lot of, there's almost like a bit of an arm's distance people aren't that invested in it but I think when you're working directly with the founder and you're way more involved in the everything I think your customer service team I'm sure have talked to you as well about prints and things like that everyone's so invested it's a very different dynamic so it can be hard though to find people who want to work in that
1: yeah absolutely but we have such an amazing team we have way too much fun um every day is a dance party (laughs) that's cute no it's really good I'm very lucky oh that's beautiful okay looking back at your journey
0: there's been ups and downs. Da- I'm sure I'm just going to assume for you that there's been ups and downs. Tell me about, we'll start with your lowest low so we can get the sad stuff out first. What was your lowest low in business? And Ooh. then on the flip side, tell me about what you consider to be your highest high.
1: Okay. So you want to start with the low first.
0: Yeah. Cause then we'll bring everyone back up afterwards.
1: Okay. No, that's a really good strategy. I like that. Um, Okay. So my lowest low, if we're being completely honest and real about it, would definitely be finding the right stuff. Like what we just touched on. That's been a really difficult thing. I tend to, when we hire somebody and they're great for the role, I give everything to them. I just want them to have the best work life, the best computer, the best everything. I want to give them the world because I work, we've all worked in those shitty jobs. So, yeah. so I, I never wanted Moana to be. I wanted Wanted to be like Google, like so much fun. So when people haven't performed or treated me nicely, even as a friend or a boss, that's been really hard for me. I've had a really hard time dealing with that kind of side of things yeah. in business. So that's yeah. definitely been my biggest low. Do you feel a lot of
0: responsibility about ensuring everyone has the best workday ever every day?
1: Absolutely. And I make it a, I make it a thing every single day. Yeah. That's hard. It's it's so fun. Mm
0: -hmm. It is. It's another level of things you have to manage. You're not just managing the business. You're responsible for people's income and and experience every day in their workplace.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I always want Moana to be the funnest, safest place Mm -hmm. that somebody can come to work and have the best time because we spend so much time at work. So why shouldn't it be amazing every day? And that's my goal every day. And on the flip side, tell me about your highest high. I have so many of these, but one of my biggest highs was before COVID, we decided to do a Moana Army meetup. And that's where we invite anyone and everybody to a certain location. And we basically have a big beach party. We give everybody a free bikini and we just have a hell time. So we decided to do that just before COVID hit. And we had around 400 girls show up grab a bikini and we filmed an entire campaign with them on the beach and we had girls down there that had never worn bikinis before so they're in tears because they've got these bikinis on and all these girls are like yeah you're so beautiful yeah you're gorgeous and it was so overwhelming for them. And there were so many of these girls and they're crying and they're swimming and dancing and getting other girls' phone numbers to have lunch next Saturday. And that experience was just so dumb. Like I look back at those videos and I'm like, how did we do this? This is so beautiful. This is so fantastic. So that day for me was just everything. It was that day where I realized, yep, Moana is so much more than a cute piece of fabric. That makes me a bit emotional. It was so emotional. It was just insane. I know. I'm like getting all yeah. I'm all teary. I'm like, Luckily, no one can
0: see us. That's fine. No,
1: we're good.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so
1: beautiful. That is. There's not a
0: lot of brands that would be able to get that kind of turnout without it being like a warehouse sale. Honestly, yeah,
1: exactly. And we didn't want to. We didn't want to sell anything. We wanted to give them bikinis, and we wanted to like make a dance party video with them to make them a part of our campaign. Because again. We, I want to try to represent as many girls as we can. That's That was our mission and it was just – I just still can't get over the turnout and the emotion on the day. It was just electric, you know. Is that the – I've seen there's a lot of photos of
0: big group out on the beach. That is – was that from that day? We've
1: done a few of them. Yeah. Um, we've done them in Hawaii and we've done a few here but, yeah, essentially that's those pictures, one of those.
0: That's So I'd be really stressed having one in Hawaii when I'm based in Australia. I'd be like, is anyone going to come?
1: Yeah, I know. We had a huge turnout in Hawaii too. Not as big here, but it was like 200 people. Wow. And it was funny because we had this like Airbnb house that says no parties. And we're like, what's considered a party? So we were sneak we were meeting these Moana army girls down the road and sneaking them into our like house, like 10 at a time. And getting them all in the backyard, thinking God, I hope we don't get caught. But yeah, no, that was insane. We we had this big party at the house, and then we went down to the beach and continued it on, and we went rock jumping, and yeah, it was just such an amazing time. That's so
0: nice. I absolutely need to come to the next one of these. I will get myself to the Gold Coast or Hawaii. We need. No to. I just need
1: COVID to go away. Oh, my. (laughs) Has that affected your business a lot? No, not so much. Our shipping's been a little bit slower if the girls decide to get standard. But because our customers are pretty understanding, like they get it. Yeah. But it has affected us in terms of creating the kind of content that we like. like Travelling, doing these meetups, having customers come in and doing like body post shoots with them and things like that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And also managing staff during COVID. I'm sure that's added an
1: extra layer. To everything yeah we've actually we've been so lucky here we've had a few close calls but nothing a quick test hasn't helped and we're like okay good thank god okay if you can find any i'd love for you to
0: send them down to melbourne that would be great yeah. actually yeah. we're recording <laughs> hopefully by the time this goes live that's not going to be a problem anymore yeah watch this space i know all right so most people who are listening entrepreneurs in the early stage of owning their business you're 11 years on you're an og business owner now what Lovely. advice would you
1: share with people in those early days? If I could look back at myself, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, I would just recommend that with whatever you're doing, just make sure you do it for you and Mm -hmm. nobody else. Don't do it for money. Don't do it for ego. Don't do it for status do it for you because you want to make a difference with either yourself or another person or the world and just focus on that. I do see a lot of in the the last 10 or so years, like I've seen a lot of business start up pretty much to make a turnover, very strictly kind of thing, an Mm -hmm. ego kind of thing. And those businesses just haven't, you know, done well, nor are they still around, but the companies that do it from the heart, they're there for the long haul.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And there's a big, there's, there is a, oh, I think it's fading now, but I think in small business there was a big trend on that. Start your multi-million dollar e-com business in 10 days and turn over <laughs> a million dollars in one year and then that real hustle I still and get grind. Those yeah. Those still exist. Yeah. I'm sure we're thinking about the same thing. I'm um, thinking how. This <laughs> has yeah, been 11 years. Can you just explain this to me? Okay. Knowing everything now on what the last 11 years look like, would you go back and do it again?
1: Oh yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In a heartbeat, I would be straight back there.
0: I love that. Everyone says yes.
1: (laughs) See, it gets better, guys. It really does. It really does. I promise. Just work hard.
0: Now, before we wrap up, if people want to see more of you, where can they find you on socials?
1: Well, guys, you can just go to the Daily Mail and it might not be the real story, but you will get a few little clickbait things there. But um, if you want the real story, you can follow um, myself on Instagram. It's just my name, Karina Erby, And Moana Bikini is just Moana Bikini. And we will see you on the gram. Karina, thank you so much for joining me. That
0: was such a refreshing, fun chat. And we started with hard nipples. We've talked about crying, everything in between.
1: It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much
0: thank you so much for listening to today's episode of behind the brand now guys if you love today's episode i would love if you would leave me a review over on apple podcasts and for your time i will send you a copy of a press release template that you can use in your small business straight away so all you need to do is pop onto the apple podcasts app leave a written review take a screenshot head over to instagram and dm it to me over at at behindthebrand.podcast and I will email you your press release template. Sound like a good deal? Talk soon.